It's five o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. <laughs> okay, uh, welcome in everybody. It is uh, the great P-Man here with you as we have uh, another exer- exciting excursion into the Patrick Johnson Show here today. Uh, we have uh, our own Joey Football coming up in a little bit. We'll talk uh, the NFL Super Wild Card Weekend that was. Uh, we'll have a pirate report, some comments from Coach Swartz, and uh, we'll have all of the other fun and frivolity that you uh, normally have. Uh, Pilk, do we have a couple tickets to give away? We'll do that today on the show, too, to tomorrow night's basketball game against North Texas. You got that lined up and ready to go? Yes, we do. We got two tickets. You think we ought to open the lines now, or or how do you want to do this? Uh, it's up to you. I'm good to I'm- open them now. Let's do it now. 252-561-8255. 252-561-TALK. Caller 3. And uh, you'll win tickets to tomorrow night's uh, ECU North Texas game. we got a couple of ducats for you. And uh, Pilk, if we uh, if we can, we'll get him on and say hello to whoever wins this. We'll get the guest on or the uh, caller good. on. So caller 3. 252-561-8255-561-TALK. Uh, uh, and if we have time, we will do that. If uh if not, we'll just move on and uh, and keep uh, rolling here. All right. So the big news today, as I see it, uh, Philip Pilkington, is uh, uh, look, all things are coming up. T Swift. She's going to get to spend more time with her boyfriend because he's retiring. How about that? Isn't that amazing? So the Kelsey is retiring from football. No, t- Jason Kelsey is retiring, not Travis. Which one dates Taylor Swift? Travis, sorry, I'm answering the, the phone going back and forth. Travis dates Taylor oh. Swift. Jason's the one retiring. Get, get the phone. Get the phone. I'll, this, this will give me a chance. Let me find my notes here because I, I have not promoted. Uh, yesterday, we had a great uh, time with Christy Overton Johnson. Got a lot of great response to that. Uh, and Bobby Bibibibop. Um, I'm looking here. Uh, what Dan the man Miller send me? We, I know we've got basketball, uh, tomorrow at 11 a.m. ECU women's basketball, uh, tomorrow. I'm not sure who they're playing, but it'll be on at 11 a.m. 1045, I presume, will be the airtime tomorrow on 94.3 the game. And, uh, ECU women's basketball during one of the education days will be, uh, playing, uh, tomorrow. So we'll have that for you right here on 94.3 thegamecom and the IBX media app. What do we got, Pilk? Do we have somebody or what? What's going on here? All right. Pilk is still slaving away over a hot uh, microphone. Well, Jason Kelsey. Is hey, we have retired. Chip from Farmville oh. on the line. He was our ah. winner. So well-oiled machine here. Chip from Farmville is the, uh, is the guy. Chip, congratulations. You're going to the ball game tomorrow night. What do you got to say? Is it do you have an open forum? As long as you don't get me sued or or say anything profane, you can say whatever you want. So, congratulations. What what's on your mind? What do you got to say? Is 
Um, just, I mean, I, I, he asked me that I want to go on. I said, yeah, but I'm excited. I hadn't been to a game this season. Just wanted to kind of uh, check them out. Um, I think they're going in the right direction, so there's still some excitement. And uh, it'd be a great night. Me and my wife might take her over there and, and catch a catch a, catch a game. It'd be, be nice. So, yeah. Little date night, huh? Little date night for you and the wife. How about that? Yeah, I, I, if, I, if I call it date night, it works out. She, you know, she. I feel she feels better about it, about it instead of me just wanting to go to the game. So I call uh, it date night. Yeah, I hear you. All right, very good. How good long good. have you been married? Because it sounds like you're a veteran of these dating wars and marriage wars. <laughs> been, we've been uh, married six years. There you go. See, you've got it figured out. Six years in, you got it. You're, you're not, you're not, not, not at all. Not at all. But I, I, all right, I does, fake it till I make Pilk, it. Has, there you go. Has Pilk coordinated all this with you? Yeah, yeah. I gave him my phone number, and I'm going to uh, try to pick the tickets up tomorrow, he said. Okay, very good. All right. Well, thank you, Chip. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Yeah, man, appreciate all y'all do. All right. There he goes, Chip. Nice to talk to him. Good old Farmville guy there. He's married six years, Pilk, and not one argument. So Jason Kelsey does not date Taylor Swift. Is that right? It's the other Kelsey. Yeah, that's correct. So Jason is married, I think, with like, a couple kids. He's been married since 2018. He's the one that was oh. born in Greenville. Travis, the one who I was plays say, for the Chiefs. He was born in Greenville. Yeah. yeah. Right. Travis, who plays for the Chiefs, is the one that's dating Tay Tay. And then there's Mama Swift, who's on the soup commercials, right? Correct. Okay. Well, I, I think that's kind of interesting, don't you? I mean, I guess he played, he was the center for Philadelphia. Is that right? Yeah, his center for Philadelphia. I mean, this guy's a six-time All-Pro. He's probably going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. When you talk about centers of the 2000s, he's right up there at the top of the list. I, you know, anytime a guy that you know they were kind of talking about it last night on the broadcast is still really playing at the top of his game despite being 36 years old, retires. It's it's big, and you know that relationship between him and Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts has never had another center. He was the also Kelsey was the NFL's Iron Man until week one of next year when he decides obviously yeah. not to play so uh, this is big news six-time all-pro he's been to a few more even pro bowls than that in his uh, 13 seasons in the league so yeah it's big news and uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with philly in the front office as well as a couple other guys could possibly retire like fletcher cox who's getting up there in age as well and i think when you get to the end of the year with philadelphia because it's been a monumental collapse i think you're going to find out jalen hurts was more banged up than he was letting on I think he had more physical ailments because he just didn't look right last night, and he hasn't looked right. And so I think you're going to find that he actually was a lot more injured than he was uh, he was letting on. Phil, do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I outstanding could, assessment on my part. Yeah, no, I think you're right, and also uh, they they didn't make a lot of adjustments, and you wonder if some of those lack of adjustments could be the fact that he was injured and banged up. He didn't look good throwing the ball. We know he dislocated his finger a week ago, and they didn't tush push as much as normal. So, uh, well, of course, they didn't get many opportunities to. But yeah, it's it's uh, right. yeah, I think he's a little banged up. And had Mike Evans hauled in a couple passes. The game could have been worse than it was. Um, so, I mean, it, it ended up being 23-9, uh, Tampa advancing. Hey, um, so tomorrow the Pirates are playing who and women's. I know the men are playing tomorrow night at 7 against North Texas. We'll have that for you beginning at 6.30 here on 94.3, the game. But uh, the women are playing tomorrow. Is it 10.45 uh, the airtime tomorrow, Pilk? Yes, correct. 10.45 airtime, 11 tip against the Owls of Rice. One of the many Owls ah. in the American. 
Yeah, a lot of owls now in the AAC. So the uh, rice owls will come a calling uh, tomorrow, and that's uh, we'll have that for you. A little uh, lunchtime hoops you can listen to uh, beginning at 11 here and during the uh, lunch hour tomorrow on 94.3 The Game. Because of all of our uh, various schedules and all of our uh, various commitments and my schedule tomorrow, Pilk will be doing the show tomorrow at 5. I will be unable to to pull it off. So Pilk will be here tomorrow with a recap of that women's game, a preview of the men's game and uh, other things as uh, well. Let me also give a shout out very quickly to our guy, Stephen Igo, who's killing it right now with the great series of shows. He had Carter Cunningham and Trey Savage on yesterday on the, his program, uh, the Stephen Igo show. And then today, uh, Deontay Johnson was uh, on the show with him uh, today. So Igo right now is uh, getting all these great student athletes and it's a fantastic series of shows. Those are always good. So you can go and listen to it by downloading our app, uh, which is the uh, ninety four, the IBX Media app, uh, Google Play or App Store, and uh, you can uh, listen to our live programming, watch it on video, or uh, you can always watch it or listen to it in archival form, including Hoist the Colors and right here, the Patrick Johnson Show. Pilk, is there anything else? Belichick, I guess, interviewed with Atlanta. We'll talk to Joey Football about that. Uh, but is there anything else that uh, that is that is uh, on the uh, burner that we did not get to here? We'll do a pirate report a little later. So are uh, we... maybe you want to incorporate this in the pirate report. But uh, D one baseball rankings, which is the one I think that's the most widely yeah, referenced, came out today. Pirates yeah. coming in eleven. So yeah, maybe maybe I'm a little two segments too early on that. Sorry if I am. No, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, and I do know what NC State and Wake Forest plays tonight. I think this is an important basketball game for both sides. I think both could sorely use a win, especially if they're harboring any NCAA tournament. Hope State a little more so than Wake. But I, I think Wake has got to make the tournament this year in order for you to feel good about what Steve, For uh, Steve Forbes is doing there. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, let's uh, get a break. And when we come back, uh, Joey Football will be on the uh, line with us. And uh, we will talk uh, the NFL Wild Card Weekend and uh, talk uh, some other things going on with uh, the National Football League. Uh, Joe Sampson will join us on the other side. Patrick Johnson show on this Tuesday here on 94.3 The Game. Taking the rage out of your drive home. You just cut me off, but it's no big deal. Patrick Johnson on 94.3 The Game and the new IBX Media app. We are back on the Patrick Johnson Show, and we are joined by the one and only Joey Football himself, Scoop Sampson. Joe Sampson on this Tuesday. Joe, how, how are you, buddy? I'm well. I'm doing great. Well. Good. Good I'm to hear. Especially fired up. Okay. Why are you fired up? Because I tried to tell Philip what was going to happen last night. Everybody was sitting here <laughs> laughing at me because the Buccaneers right. – Started off one and six to start the season and finished nine and eight. They barely won the division and they came out Todd Bowles style and beat the mess out of Philly. So I'm fired up. Got to be honest, P man. Do you think, um, well, Baker Mayfield, has he found a home? Yeah, I think so. I think it's a low expectations kind of place. There's only one quarterback in their history before last night that had thrown for 300 yards in a playoff game, and that was Tom Brady. So and that was at the back end of his career. Yes, you remember Brady for 
Tampa Bay because he went and won a ring because he knew he could, but that's not what you're going to remember Tampa Tampa Bay for for the rest of his career. And that's because he was the Patriot for all those years. I think yeah. that's a good spot for him. Low expectations, win the division, win a couple playoff games. There's no if you don't win 13 games, you're getting fired. Uh, Pilkington uh, and you were talking before we went on this segment here about what will happen in Philadelphia. Ten and one. And then that uh, sort of peter out at an egg. Even when it was 16-9, it never really felt like it was a game. Do you – I mean, they're not going to fire the head coach, but they've got to make changes, right? They'll definitely make a change. Uh, Howie Roseman is one of the quickest GMs to make a decision as far as that goes. He's fired coaches for way less, and he's definitely sat around for way more. I think Steichen and Gannon leaving was a lot bigger loss than people were anticipating considering how the offense looked last season and the tush push and all these different kind of storylines and the defense. Jalen Hurts is yet to win a playoff game if his defense doesn't let up less than seven points. He's 0-3 now. So at some point, all fingers have to turn inward, and instead of him talking about being a plant that needs to be watered on the sideline, maybe he can pick up a cover three blitz. But that's going to be an off-season conversation. I think Sirianni stays at the helm personally, I've always heard in this business that if you wouldn't take your head coach over any of the other ones on the market, you don't have the right head coach. And for me, I think the obvious choice would be to go for Mike Frabel, try and bring in a guy who knows how to build a culture, understand these things, set the tone with a great defense and handle this kind of offensive. I don't want to say lackluster, but almost miss that this year has been. Uh, We're talking uh, the postseason with uh, Joey football. Uh, He'll make his picks on Friday. Uh, on the Igo show at noon, along with uh, Pilkington, do you feel like uh, that there is any? Uh, well, what was your? What was the biggest surprise to you after Super Wild Card Weekend? Uh, the Cowboys being unanticipatory bad. I picked the Packers. Not to that avail, though. I thought it was going to be one of those late situations where you win 31-27 on a last-minute drive or one of those kind of instances, but they blew them out of the water. They exposed the fraud boys for what they were. They had Jerry Jones hollering at every possible person he could up in that suite trying to fire Mike McCarthy before halftime. So that was definitely a surprise. I think uh, Mike LaFleur is really settling – or Matt LaFleur is settling in really nicely to this new era with Jordan Love. They have a great feel for each other, a lot more motion, a lot more of those deep crossing routes that he likes to run in the middle of the field, and I think it's kind of paid off for him. Do you foresee a change there in Dallas? That's uh that's a difficult one. It's going to depend I think on on this week. I think a lot of things have to happen for them to have internal conversations and reflect on the roster. But personally, I think if you can go get a Bill Belichick type hire now that he's interviewed with the Falcons, he's kind of open for business so to speak. I think you have to at least entertain that and talk to him, maybe touch base if he has any interest in interviewing if you do fire him. But also if you fire him, it's not that easy as Signing a free agent, you go through the Rooney rule, you have to go through the preliminaries, you have to have two or three interviews by rule before you can hire them, so there's no evidence of tampering. And I don't know if the Cowboys want to necessarily do that because it could mark them as a rebuild contender for free agents. We're talking uh, football with Joey Football, 94-3 the game, Patrick Johnson uh, show. Um, Detroit, what is the limit on Detroit now as far as – because it seems like – you know, that was the game with the high emotion, not that the next round wouldn't have that. 
but that seemed to have a little extra juice because of all the factors going on of first, you know, playoff game in forever, vying for the first win in more than a generation. Uh, you had the whole uh, Stafford golf uh, dynamic at play. So that, that seemed to be the one that had a lot of the emotion attached to it. Uh, and maybe not so much emotion as the, the outside factors that were, uh, you know, the storylines, as we like to say in the business. Yeah, the pageantry was through the roof. I mean, you have Eminem now showing his face again in Detroit after all these years where he's kind of been, I don't want to say ostracized, but they thought he didn't like the Lions. And then you have all the greats come back, Megatron, Barry Sanders. You talk about the GM of the Lions who actually was an associate uh, PR intern for the Rams. That's where he got to start, worked his way up, and then was hired, obviously, as the GM the last three seasons. There was a lot of emotion, a lot of pageantry to it to worry about. So I think once you get past that hurdle, you're back to playing football. Jared Goff looked the part. Amon Ross St. Brown had a tremendous game for what he had to do. David Montgomery is is looking like the back they need him to. And then you have Jameer Gibbs, who's got that explosion out in the slot. You can put him in that kind of 20 personnel set where you have two running backs and get him the ball. And Sam Laporta, I mean, I don't know how much you can say about a guy who broke the single season receiving record for a tight end, never mind the rookie receiving record for a tight end for the Lions. So especially considering what Dan Campbell was for the Lions when he played tight end there, I think Laporte is like the nice embodiment of what they want that culture to be, and I think they kind of get it done again this weekend. So now uh, we will get our first look at Baltimore coming in. They've had a rash of injuries this year, yet they've still kept on keeping on in the AFC. And then uh, with uh, the NFC, the Niners – who have at times had some injuries to deal with this year as well. So how do you – are they still maybe kind of head and shoulders above uh, anybody in the field at, at this point, or how do you foresee those games going this weekend? Not necessarily winners. I don't want to step on Igo. I don't want to scoop Igo's mm-hmm. heat. <laughs> uh, how do you see all that playing out? I think the 49ers are going to get a really tough test. I think that the Packers have a lot more to them than people want to anticipate about. I mean, this is a defense that's been very shaky, but very strong in terms of knowing what they have and and being able to kind of create chaos. The scoreboard hasn't shown it per se, and you'll look back on it and want to fire the D.C. just because of the eye test. But this is a good defense that will give Kyle Shanahan some different looks and thinks he's got to mix up. This would be a big test for Brock Purdy. You know, we've heard all this talk about rock and roll all night and purdy every day and considering what happened last nfc championship game where you were expecting him to finally see a defense and we all know how his ucl obliterated itself there are different things you have to take into this factor so i don't want to say they're head and shoulders above the rest i really like the ravens chances this weekend against the texans but cj stroud's also going to give them a run for their money yeah how impressive was what the texans did i mean and and cj stroud and i mean there's I mean, you've got to think as he develops other aspects of his game, my gosh, the sky could be the limit there. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about microwaving a rebuild. That's how you do it. Uh, You find your quarterback, you find your premier receiver, and then you've also had Nico Collins, who was a sleepy top 10 receiver in the entire NFL. And a lot of people were, I don't want to say anticipating his rise this year, but were anticipating him to have a better season, but not what he did this year and. With Dell down, you're missing an explosive guy, but that team's only going to get better. So considering D'Amico Ryan's first offseason, you draft your number one quarterback, you draft your number one edge rusher, you're in the top five. People are concerned with the roster construction. He's gone head and shoulders above what you could have possibly imagined. Uh, It was uh, tweeted out today by the Falcons. And Pilk, feel free to uh, step in here and and, uh, talk. But they've interviewed Bill Belichick. 
Isn't it the other way around? Isn't Belichick interviewing them? I mean, to, to, to have the audacity to tweet, we interviewed Bill Belichick. I mean, KMA, dude. Come on. Please. The <laughs> yeah, Atlanta I mean, stinking Falcons. Yeah, exactly. He calls you answer. Call, that's, that's how that works. Him. We went to a luncheon uh, interview at the Olive Garden. I mean, come on. Please. <laughs> Uh, Arthur Blank must have a big check with that Home Depot money waiting for Bill Belichick to leave the cold, frigid Foxborough pain of weather. But this is a young team that has a lot of good pieces. People were kind of anticipating this is a, a good landing spot for him, but it depends. Do you want to give him power? He's got to be the president of football operations or have some say in roster construction. He's He's been in the game way too long. He's the godfather of coaches at this point. You can't just sit here and go, Tell you what, Bill, you do the X's and O's. We'll handle everything else. No, this is, this is all or nothing. You are handing him the keys to your sports car and saying, drive it how you please. So I like the fit. I don't know if they're too young for him, considering where he is in his career. And however, Joe, I do think that Arthur Blank would be okay doing that. I do not think he is a prideful jerk owner. He would be okay saying, Bill, you do you. I'll sign the front of the check, and you do all the work. Speaking of prideful uh, jerk owners, uh, Tepper, and it was Dan Patrick on these very airwaves to say, that said today that basically Billichek will not go to Charlotte because Carolina is not ready to win. I didn't hear the comments. I've just read them. Here's how I read that, knowing Dan Patrick. He's not talking about the roster's not ready to win because it's not. The ownership's not ready to win. That's a legitimate situation there, and I mean that since Yeah, he says he wants to win. He's not ready to win. Oh, I guess that's Phil, going to me. Yeah, no. look, at the end of the day, no, no, matter, no matter what business you're in, okay, the it starts from the top up. No matter what, whether you're a sports team, a small business, a corporation, and if the guy that is running it all doesn't have what it takes to be successful, it doesn't matter who the pieces are below them. They are not going to be successful, and I 100% agree with Dan Patrick. The Panthers are the next Washington Redskins commander football team where they're going to stink and not win a playoff game for the next 35 years unless that jerk sells the team. All right, Joey Football, let me ask you this. what uh, The whole situation in Washington, what, what in your mind makes the most sense there with the draft and, and the new ownership and all of that? Uh, there's two very big asterisks. It's if Chicago trades that number one pick. If they trade the number one pick, they're going to go Caleb Williams or one of those top five quarterbacks, and that sets them up to kind of pick the opposite of what they want to do as far as Washington goes. But if you're sitting there, Marvin Harrison's off the board at two, and you've hired Ben Johnson, who's an incredible offensive mind, or even the offensive coordinator down right. in Tampa Bay, who put up a great showing, and now the Texans' offensive coordinator, who I believe is interviewing this week with them, you have the pieces. You've got Deami Brown. You've got Terry McLaurin. You've got Brian Robinson. You've got all these pieces offensively that were just missing that catalyst. And Eric Bieniemy tried to do what he could, but I think Rivera was too conservative. If you get him, I think it's a home run offseason, and you could run away with the NFC East next year considering the dysfunction. What happens with Bieniemy? Because, I mean, we've heard head coach, head coach. He left uh, Kansas City to go and kind of spread his wings. He obviously went to a place where Ron Rivera – uh, as you say, and I think suspect, uh, didn't really let him spread his wings. So what's that guy's future in the league? I guess he'll be a coordinator. 
Yeah, you'd think he'd be a coordinator somewhere. I think the Chargers are a good landing spot for him, considering Herbert, considering those kinds of things, whatever. Head coach kind of goes that way. If you get a defensive head coach, like a Stefanski-type hire again, where you're worried about one side of the ball, not the other, the Robert Salos of the world, not the Brandon Staley's because he's a dumpster fire of a head coach, and I'm glad he's fired. But if you get an Antonio Pierce situation and you kind of hire him now in Las Vegas to handle the offense and let him be a pseudo head coach and split that halfway, I think you'd do really well. All right. Uh, last thing, because uh, we had some of these cold weather games. What's the coldest you ever weather you ever remember playing in? Uh, 17 degrees, high school, senior year, round one of the playoffs versus Pinehurst. I went out. Uh, with no sleeves to warm up, and my mother, being yep. my mother from the stands, called me over to the sideline and said, if you don't put that long sleeve on, you're not playing in this game. And my size eight and a half is going right where you know where. So uh, that was a very quick, humbling experience, and I put the long sleeves on. Did you really? Did she call you but Joseph when she called you over? She Joseph. said, "She said Joseph, if you don't put that long sleeve on, I said, yes, ma'am. Pilk, how about you? Uh, we were playing in the fourth round against Weddington my senior year. Uh, it was 19 at kickoff. I think it was 16 by the end of the game. Yeah, it was chilly. I uh, I talked yeah. to the coach for the game and said, Coach, I'm going to bring two pair of gloves, one for the sidelines and one for the playing field. He said, okay. The coldest I ever was, not playing because we always finished up our seasons early, The co- was when we went to the Military Bowl in Washington, D.C. and lost to Maryland. That's the coldest I've ever been at a game outside. I had the it's, hand warmers to crack it. It's brutal. Brutal. It's cold up in Annapolis. The the bay gives you that. Oh, no, this was when it was sense. at RFK. This was at RFK. Oh. This was not in Annapolis. Yeah, this was this was in DC. This was before they moved the game to Annapolis. So Yeah, no. Ooh. Yeah, pretty cold. Dang. Pretty cold. Had to be cold. All right. Hey, Joe Sampson, you can get more of he and Philip the Ref Pilkington <laughs> on Friday. When they join Steve and I go at noon for Hoist the Colors Radio, they'll give their NFL playoff picks for the uh, weekend. Who's leading that uh, little clubhouse? Is it I go who's leading everything, or is it you, Joe? It ain't either one of them. No, Come I, on, P-Man. Is it Bill? Either yeah. fill up by like three teams, or it's I go by one. I don't know how no, it's me by two. Weekend. I'm is up by two. It's you by two still? Okay. All right. I'm near Joe, 500. Where are you in this? So that, that's, well, you're I'm near, near 500. 500. We had a rough start considering some college games and some bad pushes and some bad backdoor uh, covers. But uh, That sounds made up. Do we lose him? All right. Well, there he goes. Joey Football. Pilk, you would know you're ahead. Oh, of course. Well, I'm in charge of making the thing, and I updated it today. So. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Like you keep, you're keeping the, the tote board. I am, words. but they have access to edit the document, so it's not like I'm doing it solely – by myself. No, I understand. I understand. I understand. What kind of week did you come off of this week? Yeah, rough two and since four. you're the leader. Yeah, I had a two and four ah. week. Didn't go. So well. you seeded some ground. Yeah, seeded some ground. Well, those picks are available uh, to on Friday on uh, Hoist the Colors. All right, tomorrow, 11 a.m., we will have uh, ECU basketball on the women's side for you right here on 94.3 The Game. It'll be ECU and Rice. 10.45 airtime with a uh, uh, 11 o'clock tip, and uh, we'll have that for you on an education day. Should be a uh, lot of fun, and uh, the Pirates will try to avenge uh, or get back to winning after uh, they were uh, kind of handled 
easily down in New Orleans this past weekend at Tulane. All right, uh, we'll tell you more about uh, tomorrow night EC- tomorrow night's ECU's men's game in our Pirate Report coming up in a lot more. But right now, here is Philip the Ref Pilkington. He's got a 94-3 The Game sports update and Pirate Report. Pilk? Thanks, P-Man. D1 Baseball put out their preseason rankings for the 2024 campaign. The Pirates come in at number 11, the only team ranked in the American Athletic Conference. Wake came in at number one in the entire country. The Pirates are the second highest team out of the state of North Carolina. They are followed followed directly behind by Duke, who comes in at 12. State comes in at 13, and North Carolina at 15. The American Athletic Conference has released the preseason coaches poll for softball in the Pirates came in at 8 out of 10 teams in that. Tomorrow, right here on 94.3 The Game, you can hear the women's basketball game at 11 a.m. as the ladies will take on Rice. And then at 6.30, the men will play their second consecutive home game, which Mike Schwartz talked about that on the Coaches Show last night. I wish I could say yes. I mean, if, if you had to pick between, right. you know, if they made us get on the on the road and, and we had to leave right after the SMU game, uh, we would, I would say, hey, man, we're ready to go play whoever we got to play sat, Sunday or Monday. You can hear that right here on 94.3 The Game as well as our sister station, 107.9. Last night, following the Eagles' loss to Tampa, their six-time All-Pro center Jason Kelsey has announced he is retiring. The 36-year-old was born originally in Greenville, North Carolina, before moving to Ohio as a young child. He spent all 13 of his NFL seasons with the Eagles. The Falcons have interviewed six-time... Super Bowl champion head coach Bill Belichick today for their head coach opening. A couple other interviews that will be going on later this week. Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris is set to interview with the Panthers, Seahawks, and Washington. That'll do it for your 94 through the game sports flash update and pirate report. On the other side of this timeout, we will hear more from Coach Schwartz on our daily segment of the Pirate Report. Now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All right. Uh, we have uh, coming up Pirate Basketball tomorrow night as they will take on North Texas. Now, North Texas, uh, one of the top defensive teams in the country. They're a lot like SMU. I don't think they're quite as long and athletic but they block shots they do a lot of things defensively that uh, SMU does and they've had a program that uh, was an NIT champion last year and they've uh, also got a program that has won 20 games uh, in each of the last few seasons at times so this has been a uh, program that is uh, uh, you know just that a program and so uh, they're coming in they had a coaching change but they kept uh, one of the assistants on staff and uh, as a result uh, they really not missed a beat so uh pirates will certainly have their hands full tomorrow night it is a wednesday night game it is a seven o'clock tip we'll have uh, coverage beginning at uh, 6 30 on 94 3 the game and the ibx media uh, app so we will uh, be looking uh, forward to uh, that. Also, 107.9 WNCT. All right, uh, let's see. Coach Swartz on the importance of defending the three ball and where the Pirates struggled defending it against SMU. That's uh, one of the cuts from inside Pirate Athletics with Coach Swartz on our Pirate Report. Well, they're averaging, I think they're making basically nine threes a game. I think it's what it is uh, at 38%. And we saw what nine threes looks like uh, with SMU the other night. Uh, you know, watching the tape, 
We broke down on two possessions. We won in transition and one on an out-of-bounds play the other night. So of their nine, seven of them were, I mean, one of them, two of them were heavily contested. One of them was off the bounce. I mean, they made some good shots, yeah. good three-point shooting team. Two of them, which is extremely frustrating, and we spent ample time watching that on film, we broke down one time again, OB under in zone and one time in transition. But with all that being said, uh, yeah, it's difficult when they do that. I mean, for example, right now on this team, our leading three-point shooter, you look at the numbers percentage-wise, is Ezra Sar at four for seven, I believe, at 54%. Right. And we, right now, we don't have somebody that is shooting over 40% in terms of true attempts. Coach Schwartz on uh, the double team that came from SNU, and the Pirates will see something similar tomorrow night. Well, it did. Uh, I would say that they double team everybody in the post. Right. That's who SMU is. A lot like what we do in terms of the ball getting in the post. They double. It didn't matter if it was going to be Ezra catching it down there, RJ, Brandon, if Cam Hayes had caught the ball in the post. Their, their scheme is to double the post a certain way, and we knew that was coming. And, um, you know, when you look, we, had, we got 49 paint touches in the game, and we do have to do a better job finishing around the basket. And uh, Ezra Zar and his sterling play against SMU coming off a career high 25 against the Mustangs. Oh, no doubt about it. I give him a, lot, a ton of credit. And, uh, it, you know, frustrating because the Temple game, we have nine turnovers. And between two guys, it's six or seven of the nine, something like that. Mm -hmm. And Ezra was, was one of those guys. Right. And then the other night, Ezra really takes care of the ball. And we have some really careless turnovers that – uh, from from players we don't expect to turn the ball over and so that's that balance and um but at halftime of that game we told Ezra Ezra you have to dominate right now try and dominate six seven feet and in you mm -hmm. really we need this right now and I thought he did an excellent job of doing it we call it gravity into the basket he's our gravity to the to the rim because when he does that he can bring a couple guys to the basket and opens up some other things for other guys and uh, Coach Swartz talked about how physical SMU was. But in the end of the day, you know, what they did in particular that probably affected us the most was they were very physical with Brandon Johnson. There's no doubt about mm -hmm. it. And, you know, Brandon had a really good game versus them last year, the game here in uh, Greenville when we won. Then we went to Dallas and we lost that game. But there, there's no doubt their physicality affected us in there and their length. And, you know, it's something that, Shots at the rim, you know, is, some, is a big piece of who we are because we are not shooting the ball from behind the arc the way that we would like to. And so when we do get shots within seven, six, seven feet or at the rim, you know, finishing those would be big. We, we are doing a good job and, and where we are statistically and also getting to the free throw line. But we go to the free throw line 25 times. And unfortunately, on Saturday, we only make 16 of them. Right. So this is a similar uh, North Texas team and what they do defensively and how physical they are to SMU. Probably not as athletic, uh, but uh, still a very skilled team. And this is uh, what uh, Coach Swartz had to say about uh, North Texas defensively. You know, I think defense uh, complicated is probably not the word that I would use. And I say this for this reason. They're a solid defensive team mm -hmm. that has got, they do the fundamentals well. I think they really protecting the gaps they protect the paint very very well again if you protect the paint well people would think well you're going to give up threes it, it actually is the opposite when you don't protect the paint well 
is when threes, the three ball starts up and they guard the three-point line very well. And one of the reasons is because they stay out of rotations because of the way they're in the gaps and the way they protect the paint. And protecting the paint can come in a number of different forms. And that's now there's the complicated part and the beauty of basketball. Does it come with more of a protect defense? Right. Does it come with shot blockers? Does it come with pre-rotations? Does it come by switching defense? There's so many different ways you can do it. The way North Texas does a great job, they, they're very connected. They stay in those gaps. They, they're there helping each other, and I think they do an excellent job of it. And then, uh, Stephen, I go last, asked last night asking a Coach about uh, playing in, uh, you know, where you're playing in the weekend, you're playing the midweek. At least this is sort of a back-to-back situation where you're at home. You're coming off the weekend at home and then the midweek at home. I wish I could say yes. I mean, if if you had to pick between, right. you know, if they made us get on the on the road and we had to leave right after the SMU game, uh, we would. I would say, hey, man, we're ready to go play whoever we got to play, Sat Sunday or Monday. Yeah, you know, the thing I think it does is it does give you a little bit of a chance. You can get treatment. You can, uh, as as coach explained last night uh, in that answer. Uh, they're going to have a handful of sessions on North Texas by the time the game rolls around. When you look at, you know, film in the morning and uh, practice and and all of that, uh, they will have had, you know, five sessions, four or five sessions to work on North Texas uh, ahead of that. You might not get that on the road because you lose some time traveling, obviously. So uh, you probably get more than what you realize. But uh, when you're at home, it's a little more of a... Uh, I don't want to say relaxed schedule because it's a very intense situation, but it's a, a schedule you can maybe take advantage of and have more time to devote to things because you're not worried about uh, traveling per se. Uh, as we mentioned, ECU women's basketball tomorrow against Rice. That's an 11 a.m. tip. You'll hear it here on 94.3 The Game. Uh, Rice comes in having won three of their last four, including a three-point win over South Florida last time uh, out. So uh, that will be on the air with uh, Scott Rogers and uh, Rob Maloney tomorrow at 11 a.m. with a 10:45 airtime. Uh, the uh, Pirates, as Philip told you in the update, receiving their second preseason national ranking of the upcoming campaign, number 11, according to uh, D1 Baseball in that top 25 poll. ECU has appeared in the last six D1 Baseball preseason polls. 11 and 19, 21 in the preseason and 20, 25 and 21, number 12 and 22, number 11 uh, last season, and of course, number 11 this season. Uh, Pirates uh, will play six contests against uh, squads that uh, are in the top 25 in the preseason. Uh, Number one is Wake Forest, of course, College World Series, uh, and uh, Florida, the College World Series runner-up. Uh, You have Arkansas at number three and uh, LSU, College World Series champion, number four. TCU, number five, participant in the College World Series. Vanderbilt at number six, followed by Oregon State. Texas A&M at eight. Number nine is Tennessee. Clemson's at 10. And then East Carolina uh, at number 11. Duke at number uh, 12. NC State at number 13. Virginia at number 14. And uh, North Carolina at number 15 in the uh, preseason for D1 baseball. Uh, Also seeing where Coastal Carolina is in there, they are number 18 in the uh, preseason poll. So uh, that is uh, good news for the Pirates uh, there. Pilk, how much golf are you playing now? Uh, Lately, none. Been too busy here. 
Okay. I've got a list you might be interested in when we come back. So we will see. Uh, we will return. We will uh, have that for you as we wrap up the show and some other news and notes. Patrick Johnson's show here on 94.3 The Game. Stay with us. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. All right. Pull that down and then we'll get it for you. Everyone, a little breaking news for you. There you go. Well-oiled machine. Uh, ECU has announced the signing of Mizzou transfer and former Miami quarterback Jake Garcia. Former four-star recruit is expected to start classes this week and complete uh, compete for the starting job at spring ball. Which the colors 247 sports reporting this minutes ago. A little breaking news, Pilk. Everyone, a little breaking news for you. There you go. Yeah. I didn't ruin it that time. I'm sorry. Uh, Casey Kelly, the grad tight end that uh, had been rumored to show up in Greenville is apparently coming too. Did you know that? I had heard that as a rumor. I did not know that that was confirmed. So good to hear. It's well, it's like- confirmed. It's confirmed today. So the uh, offensive side of the ball continues to see players pour in and uh, see some uh, some vast improvement. Uh, it would appear, at least on paper, over last year. So uh, this publication, Pilk, I'm sure you're familiar with it. Uh, Golf Week magazine releasing the annual list of the 200 best golf courses in the U.S., right? Ten of them located in the central part of North Carolina. All of them are the Pinehurst Resort and that kind of thing. I was I, I was trying to see, and I'm yet to catch this. Ah, good Lord. This setup is so cumbersome. Um, if there are any eastern North Carolina courses. Uh, let's see here. Are we, are we started doing the show live yet, Pilk? Is that? Is that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have. <laughs> oh, this is not rehearsal. Okay. Oops. I, I forgot right. to tell you about that. Yeah. My bad. That's that's on the producer. Yeah. Oh, I thought this was the rehearsal for the show today. <sighs> um, but I mean, don't you feel like that's just all they did? Is they just went out and said, "Okay, all the Pinehurst golf courses—they're all in the in the uh, in the top 200. Because well, they're, they're it's Pinehurst. Well, the reason they did this is because the PGA is moving their headquarters to Pinehurst, and they're putting the World uh, Golf Hall of Fame true. here. And if they didn't say that every course is so wonderful and so great, it would be bad for business. So it was a business move. You had to put them all in there. You have a very um, like you 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 have kind of the conspiracy theorist in you, don't you, Pilk? Uh, there ain't no kinda about it, Patrick. The very that you said the first time was right. The kinda was was the understatement of the year. Yeah, I got you. All right. Well, that's that's the story. Um, I'm uh, not going to be in tomorrow. Pilk will be uh, on the program. I'll be here in the morning for talk of the town. Good willing, uh, the good Lord willing, the creek don't rise. Uh, and then tomorrow with uh, ECU basketball, I certainly think tomorrow. Uh, is a you know it is an opportunity to get uh, a third win in the conference early, which would be significant. It's at home. You've got to defend your home 
court as best you possibly can. The other part, I think, that is uh, something that's got to be dealt with tomorrow is handling the defensive uh, rotations and what uh, North Texas does defensively better than you did against SMU. Now, look, I I don't know about you, Polk. I thought SMU was – if they – the talent on their roster, and if they play like that, that is a top three team in the American and could be a tournament team. That's how good I think SMU is, or at least they were on Saturday. And what I, and they've played a heck of a schedule. I mean, they've played a really, really good non-conference schedule. Now, they've had a few hiccups that they felt like they needed to get. Their net is there. I doubt they will be a team that's considered on the bubble. But, you know, if you win enough games in this league and they were somehow able to get one or two over Memphis or – FAU, of course, they dropped that one to Memphis already. Uh, you just don't know. But I mean, I, on the eye test, SMU looked impressive. Um, I look, North Texas is going to be real tough. This is going to be maybe a little bit of a tractor pull on uh, Saturday. I, I, I would be shocked if they came. Of course, they're shooting the ball at pretty good percentage, pretty good clip, three point wise. But I, I'd be surprised if you saw the type of, of shooting because SMU had been struggling shooting the basketball. And came in and hit, and, and you just you, you can't. If you're ECU, you're not going to have that poor game shooting the three again. You wouldn't think the numbers even out at some point. So uh, they're three and zero. Is uh, North Texas in the league, and uh, the Pirates will do their uh, darn rootin' tootin' best to uh, find themselves uh, putting a first blemish on North Texas. They won at Wichita State in a game they really kind of controlled the whole way. Uh, and then handled uh, Temple no problem last time uh, out. That's a uh, that's a struggle situation in Temple under the first year head coach. So they've got some uh, issues uh, there. Uh, we will have uh, later on in the week uh, Ryan Mole be with us. We'll talk some more college basketball. I guess we're going to get Zoki on Thursday to talk some football. I mean that seems to make sense, doesn't it, Pilk? To you? Yeah, we we'll talked to him to about some football. Talked to him about his upcoming trip to Germany that he's going to have with the Panthers. We didn't do that last week, so, and I guess the offensive coordinator for the Panthers continues to be kind of a coveted person to be talked to in some of these head coaching searches. I think it's the DC, right? Because that we fired the OC midway through. You're right. Game. It is yeah. the DC. I'm sorry. It is the defensive coordinator. So I mean, all right. I, I'm a little surprised there's somebody on that staff that is coveted, but apparently there is. Hey, they've so. been a top few defense over the last handful of years, despite yeah, you know, rear end handed to nothing. them in time of possession because the offense can't hold on to the ball. Yeah, offense did nothing to help them uh, this year. Uh, I also saw, is it 16 out of 17 the Hornets have lost, or is it less than that? I mean, it, I saw that this morning. How could, I mean, the state of Charlotte sports is pretty sorry right now, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know if that's the exact number, but I do know they won a game about two weeks ago, and that snaps like a ten-game losing streak, and they haven't won since. So that that sounds, you know, right about on. I mean, it's pretty bad right now, you know. Yeah, I, I think the only All thing right. they got going for them is I think the minor league hockey team, the Checkers, are decent. They hosted an outdoor game over the weekend. I heard that went well, but yeah, they did. They did at the uh, baseball stadium there. All right, good stuff. Uh, thanks to Joey Football for being on with us today. Pilk, thanks to you. Uh, good luck tomorrow on the show, and I'll be back here in the 5 o'clock slot on uh, Thursday. Have a great rest of your evening, everybody.